are shaking and disturbed, everybody. Man, it has been so long, it oh, feels like. This is back Daddy to our Cat. stories. This is DJ Daddy Cat on the mic. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. And, and uh, DJ J-Bone, Mama, ba- Mama, Mama Bear, Bear. On, the, on the board. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I got, oh. wait a minute. Oh, 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 oh. I kind of love that. I mean, listen, this is this yeah. we're, where we're going to retain all the rights to this. I at least get 50% because <laughs> it's my vocals that you That is doing. your vocal royalty, absolutely. But 100%. listen, for those who haven't listened to our NMR yet from this week, you'll you should because it just goes to show we we explained all about why we were away. I was on vacation. Uh, as check was out, I. As was he. He was officiating. I was being <laughs> debaucherous. And I went to a strip club. It's a whole thing. That's next week's NMR. That's just a little teaser because I literally can't get over it. I think I like told Nadine about it. I was just like, by oh. the way, John went to a male strip club. And that was all I said. And then I walked That's away. And I dropped away. And then I closed the door. And I was like, see you later. See Bye. you next time. Subscribe to Patreon. Love you, girly. That's what I would have said if I were you. Well, you know, Patreon members, patrons, or radishes mm-hmm. uh, usually right. get... Uh, first looks and quick looks at our merch, which I've seen a number yeah. of people buying that. Um, Sussy we Radish. That. So cute. Someone from Australia bought it. Like That's it, right. So I've been seeing all of those posts. I love it. I think it's adorable. I need a daddy cat one. We probably need to make individual merch. If anything, just for you and I to purchase, you know, and then if anybody else wants it, they can. I think what we should do is like buy... We should create our own T-shirts, like ten of them. Five Mama Bear, five Daddy Cat. Oh yeah. I think we should tie dye them, like I always wanted to do. That I've been begging okay. for you to We're do. We're working on that for and sure. And those yes. can be the gifts given out at some of our Pride live streams. <gasps> oh, that's right. Or that's some of our, or just live streams in general, not just yes Pride, in the but, future. But yes. We should mention, since you did mention it, we will be doing a live stream in June for Pride for Patreon members at the Truly Disturbed and Super Fan Tears. We don't have a date locked yet, but we will very soon. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably going to be the last week yeah. because Pride is technically, I mean, Pride well, is the whole right. month, but like Shit. Pride is next weekend in a week. So we'll probably do it to round out June just yeah. for anyone aware of that. So. Well, we'll probably be announcing that on next week's NMR slash uh, episode. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll yeah. put it all over our social media. We might even post it there first, but well, details to come on John, that. John, I know you're probably still detoxing from your amazing Mex- nope. Me- Mexico, Miami Mexico? thing, but I always get on you for drinking, so I'm really hoping you're going to suck it up today and drink am- something. I'm so excited because this break was much needed, and last weekend I went, uh, like I said, in NMR to Pittsburgh, visited my friend Matt. We got into some debauchery. Well, I'll share all the details next week. But I stayed at this Airbnb. And you know how, like, when you stay at Airbnbs, like, you'll open the fridge and you never know what you're going to find. It could be completely empty. It could it's have a Barney food bag. in it. Yeah, yeah, it's a Barney bag. Exactly. This one had a local brewery uh, uh, drink in it. It was Whoa. a can. It was Southern Tier is the name of the brewery and the name of the brand, and it's called Bourbon Smash. And I liked it so much, I got more of them. So I'm going to open it right now. Okay. And, and let me just fizzy. say, people, okay, here's yeah. the fizz, but it's also 10% alcohol, which feels yeah, pretty so high. I should talk about you. that. So I didn't really eat much that day and then opened it and got halfway through the drink. And I'm like, what is in this? Like, right. I feel like I'm like, getting is there dizzy. Crack in here? 
something or, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a craft cocktail with straight bourbon whiskey, natural it's a crack ginger. Cocktail is what it is. <laughs> Mint and lemon flavors. And halfway mm. through, I asked my friend Matt. I was like, "Let me get my where's my drink?" I was like, "I'm a little dizzy in this Airbnb." I lifted up 10% alcohol. It was and in a little can, by the I way. I have yet to. I'm just learning about it now, but is it kind of tastes yeah. like a Moscow Mule, but with whiskey? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, it okay. did. And that's what made me love it. It was like a little sweet, a little uh, boozy. And I don't know. I guess I've become a whiskey guy. I mean, we've talked about it. We've gotten so many whiskey, you know, whether it's brown sugar bourbon or coffee whiskey. We've gotten a lot of um, stuff here over the years. But yeah, I really loved it. And actually, it's like I said, it's a local brewery. So next time I'm in, I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm going to stop and get even more of it because I loved it so much. Well, yum, yum, yes. yum. I, as I was kind of, I, I, I think I briefly discussed this in NMR, but obviously I was at like, I was in Paris. So I was drinking a lot, eating a lot. Oui. Then I went to a music festival, drinking a lot, eating a lot <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. of stuff. Um, so I really told myself it is also my girlfriend's birthday tomorrow. So oh, I am taking, taking it a little it easy today to because that. to get ready for her tomorrow and just kind of make sure that I can still be a, a professional adult in my life. And girlfriend. Want, no, you less. don't want to be a mama bear. You want to be a daddy cat today. A daddy cat is kind of what everyone wants to be. That's true. That's I true. will say because it is 10%, if you were to drink a 5% drink and I were to drink a 5% drink, it would be 10. So I'm kind of drinking for both of us. You're drinking two Think drinks. of it like that. Exactly. That's like two I kind of white claws, two Trulies, because I think they're <laughs> right. like 5%. Oh, my so. God. I forgot I have Trulies here, too, sitting on my bookshelf. Oh. I'm such a drunk that my drinks sit on my bookshelf. Isn't that nice? Yeah, because you know you're great? not reading. Because you were like, is audiobook oh, no. reading? And I was like, no, John, it's not. No, it's not. You're right. Oh, by the way, um, I wanted to say one of my best friends tried those microdose gummies that we've been talking about on the show recently, and he absolutely loved them and ordered his own. I was telling him, Darren, about how much you love them, too, you guys probably remember us talking about microdosing recently. If you search around a bit on the internet, you'll find all sorts of people are microdosing to feel healthier. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level THC uh, that help you feel just the right amount of good. My friend was thanking me, actually, because he said he felt like a million times more creative he had some issues with some anxiety. He felt that it really helped him sort of handle his nerves, which was great. I mean, this day and age, can't we all use a little bit of help with that, right? <laughs> Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, just do a quick search online or go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN. All right, John, enough of, your, yes. enough of you getting just debaucherous on this podcast, <laughs> okay? I'm going to have to really monitor you here. Daddy Cat is going to have to just take the wheel, going to have to be the designated driver here, but I think we should get into this week's case. What do you think? I agree. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. So Melissa, Melissa, Melissa Friedrich. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, Uh-oh. 10%. It's hitting me. Daddy cat, here to right go. Off the top, right. top. Right off the top. Melissa Friedrich was born in New Brunswick, Canada on May 16th, 1935. And she lived in the area until she was 18 years old. And in 1953, Melissa moved in with her aunt in Ontario to finish high school, after which she enrolled in Stafford College. 
Um, by the way, did you see the crazy uh, weather stuff that went through Ontario recently? No. Oh, my God. They had, like, hurricane-force winds in this, like, storm. Oh if you're listening from Ontario, we hope you're safe. Yeah, seriously. Um, I was just seeing that earlier. That's why I brought it up. But anyway, in 1955, Melissa met a factory worker named Russell Shepard. The two married and had two children together. And now, around 1970, Melissa was charged with over 30 counts of forgery and fraud in Ontario and Prince Edward Island. She was convicted of the charges and spent five years in jail. Okay. Um, what exactly she was forging, I think we'll get into some of those details here in a minute. But, you know, listen, forgery isn't the same as murder. We're typically used to saying was convicted of murder and sentenced to life, you know, five years. I yeah, think, it's, still, right. it's still definitely punishable. But at the same time, she didn't violate anyone's. Uh, exactly. She didn't, she didn't harm cause harm to anyone necessarily. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Melissa was released in 1985 and returned home to Russell and her children. In 1988, Melissa, now 53, met a widower named Gordon Stewart, who was selling a piece of property on Prince Edward Island. Although Melissa and Russell were still married, she and Gordon became romantically involved with each other. Oh, ow. Melissa and Russell separated a year later in 1990, and Melissa married Gordon first in Las Vegas... As one, by, does, as one as does. As one does. Followed by another ceremony in Vancouver. Uh, so moving on, in December 23rd, 1990, after being married for only a few months, Gordon seemed to suffer some sort of mental break in the home that he and Melissa shared. He became delusional and um, was found two hours later after this foaming at the mouth. Ooh. Which I only associate with rabies, but I have a feeling there's more reasons than that. I actually associate it with, and I could be completely wrong, and I and I apologize if I am. I associate it with actually having like epilepsy. Oh, true. Yeah. Something like that. I I, I mean, we're obviously, not doctors yes, we're, here, but yeah, we're not doctors yeah. here. But I feel like every time I see it on TV or something, it's like no, that, that's so, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gordon was taken to the hospital, and medical personnel ran tests and discovered that he had a tranquilizer called benzodiazepine no benzodiazepine i feel like we've done this before there was another show recently Mm -hmm. where i mispronounced benzodiazepine but we have an expert in horse tranquilizer apparently on the show everybody yeah miss darren carp absolutely i don't know if it's a horse tranquilizer but a tranquilizer nonetheless which is obviously jarring right like a tranquilizer i mean you don't hear about that being administered very often no never really Well, in 1991, Gordon is charged with assaulting Melissa and spends several months in prison. By the way, obviously, he he recovers from from the tranquilizer. I guess they're not sure exactly how that happened. But Melissa visits him in prison, and upon his release, Gordon is given probation, a condition of which stipulates that he is not allowed to have any contact with Melissa. Now, in spite of this, Melissa tries to contact him several times over the course of his probation. Yeah, because I so, guess I'm confused because, like, he's obviously right. having trouble when he moves in with Melissa, but, and, you know, he's discovered to have benzodiazepine. She visits him, and now all of a sudden he's not allowed to have any contact. So I kind of wonder, like, why? And, and, and like, he's abusing. If he's charged with assaulting Melissa, why would Melissa go visit him? Yeah, right, exactly. Well, in April of 1991, Melissa and Gordon moved to Nova Scotia. And on the evening of April 27th, 1991, Melissa killed Gordon while the two were out on a desert road. Oh Melissa reported, reported Gordon's death to authorities three hours later, claiming that her husband had raped her. Mm. 
which is interesting because that's something that they can actually test for if there's trauma to the vaginal region, certainly if there's any sort of semen that there shouldn't be. In retaliation, right. Melissa had run Gordon over with her car. Ooh, that's not a good thing. And upon investigation, police were and which also seems a little less like in self-defense. Right. It's it almost seems like more not premeditated. Like, yeah, yeah. He raped me. Let's just say, allegedly, he rapes her. Right. And then lets her go or whatever. And then she's like, well, how am I going to kill this guy? Oh, I'm going to run him over right. with my car. That just seems like, how the fuck would you well, even do that? And also, it's like one thing, like, what did it, ha- did this alleged rape happen in the car? Was she pushing him off of her? She was trying to just self defense kill him. Like, there's a lot of different scenarios that could play out here. Well, and to my point, upon investigation, police were unable to find evidence of sexual assault. I mean, they'd need to see some sort of trauma to the, you know, genital region. However, they did find that Gordon had enough benzodiazepine in his system to kill him. And in May of 1992, Melissa hmm. and Russell's divorce legally finalized. That okay. same month, Melissa is found guilty of Gordon's murder and is sentenced to just six years in prison. Wow. I don't know. I, I mean, granted, Canada, maybe different rules, you know, maybe, yeah, for maybe sure. there was some sort of claim there they couldn't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he didn't rape her or something, and it wasn't self-defense, but six years seems very little compared to kind of what we know. Yeah, for while, sure. While in jail, Melissa formed a support group for female inmates, and she also stars as one of the main characters in the documentary, When Women Kill. Hmm. I don't think I've seen that one, or at least I haven't seen it in a while. It sounds I was just going to say... That you and I have watched so many true crime documentaries, especially in our careers at this point. I may have seen it and I have no idea. But I'm interested. I'll look it up. Well, in 1994, by the way, were you the one that I told to watch Gwen Shamblin, The Way Up? Yes. The yes. two new episodes are out on, on HBO now. Oh, okay. I do want to get to that. I'll so add it. we should it. discuss. Yes, we should. We should I haven't yes. watched yet, but I just want to tell you. Anyway. Okay. Gotcha. In 1994, Melissa was released from prison. And two years later, Melissa set up... Project Another Chance, an over-the-phone counseling service for female inmates who are having trouble in prison. Seems really good. I like good. the sound of that, yeah, Seems for really sure. good. In April of 2000, Melissa attended a Christian retreat in Florida and in passing saw a man named Robert Friedrich, whose wife of 53 years had recently passed away. Now, we know Melissa's mm. last name here, so we can only assume that. Yeah, where we're well, going here. Melissa sent Robert a letter after the retreat stating, quote, God wants us to be married, and she also enclosed a photo of herself. I mean, now, that's how I f- get on dates. That's how I get Listen, dates. That's how I did get ca- dates. Did God call up Project Another Chance and be like, hey, I have some news for you? He I don't like, know. He's like, sup, Mel? Um, right. <laughs> I, got a, I got a proposition for you. There's a, there's a man named Robert. You need to marry him. I, I don't know. Anyway. Well, Robert answered Melissa's letter, and Melissa returned to Florida to visit Robert in May of 2000 by the third day of the trip. The two uh, were engaged. God wanted What are they, it. lesbians or I know. something? I mean, when God wants it, everyone's a lesbian. <laughs> and I truly believe God wants everyone to be a lesbian. Again, I, I agree. I'm not arguing with that. I'm not arguing with that. So they did marry in June of, of 2000, essentially. <laughs> mm. And by March of 2001, Robert's family noticed that his health was quickly declining. Here we go. He frequently found himself in the hospital. His overall well-being seemed to be on the downswing. In May of 2001, records show that Melissa procured two separate prescriptions for lorazepam, a benzo, which is used to treat anxiety. Um, And police later looked into this matter and found that Melissa was scamming several different doctors. Remember, she already Mm. went to prison for forgery. Right. And murder. 
Well, yes, but even her original conviction was meant right. for forgery her, oh, and fraud. Oh, right, I see what you're saying. So yeah, she yeah, clearly yeah. has, she's clearly like well-versed in this. Found sure. that Melissa was scamming several doctors by asking them each to prescribe the same medication to her. And this is so weird because I just don't know how this system works, but I would assume that like if you're a pharmacy, I, I guess I assume that like doctors and pharmaceuticals and prescriptions all are under the same system, which is probably wrong. And that like a pharmacy would know if they're prescribing five different si similar doses of medication to the same person. I mean, am well, I wrong? I don't know how it works. different doctors? I don't know if like CVS... That's what would, I mean. Does, contact, like, does with a CVS Walgreens know? or with <laughs> right. whatever, or a local pharmacy, or a right? local pharmacy? Like I don't really know how they do that. It's weird. Like, I don't either. We should it, find that out. And it would seem like it might be an easy scam to make. I mean, this is not right. uncommon necessarily. Well, shoot, true. Yeah, I'm just finding it fascinating that like she murdered. Like, does this guy know that she's a convicted murderer by the time they get engaged three days after they meet? Probably. I guess not, we'll find out. His wife of 53 years. He's clearly an older gentleman. Right. Probably right, that's true. That. He's probably lonely. It, it, allegedly. Yeah. This is just my conjecture. No, yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. Well, in July of 2002, Robert's son filed a complaint against Melissa to an elder abuse helpline, but nothing really comes out of this report. There's nothing, Ugh. I guess, evidentiary about it. Elder Towards abuse the, really bothers me because, again, oh, it's don't like even against get me animals, it's against kids, it's against people who can't really like, help themselves. Help themselves, yeah. yeah. Well, towards the end of 2002, Robert rewrote his entire will naming Melissa his sole beneficiary. Now, remember, he at least has a son, so that's probably kind of surprising to the son. Yeah. Um, on December 16th, 2002, Robert passed away. His death was determined to be a result of cardiac arrest. However, his body was never examined by a medical professional. In fact, his cause of death was determined over the phone. Now, how in the hell does, how that, does that work? Well, Robert's body was cremated without ever having been examined. Well, remember, if Melissa's the beneficiary, I'm sure she can, like, she might have that, you know, kind of say into what happens. And she probably to his wanted body, to that's get, true. yeah, I mean, maybe she wanted to get rid of shit early, you know? Probably, yeah. At least you could think that at this point in the story. Well, um, although her husband had passed away, Melissa continued to receive the cash Robert's from Robert's social security checks, which is obviously a little hairy. I don't know. I'm sure they don't just keep coming in after somebody passes away. I didn't think so. I thought yeah. they ended once that happens, unless right. it's like you have a pension. Right. You know, that's supposed With a to beneficiary be served there. or something there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so unaware of this stuff. But Melissa's also investigated by the Human Resources Development Canada, HRDC, for committing social security fraud. So in 2003, she's investigated for six counts of prescription fraud between March of 2001 and December of 2002. Then throughout 2004, Melissa initiated online contact with roughly 20 men throughout the United States. Wow. And remember, you know, back in 2004, we've got, what do we got? MySpace, AOL Instant Messenger They chat. might have had like Mash.com <laughs> though, or like even okay, that's OkCupid. True. I don't, I don't remember. But you know, yeah. they had chat rooms. Like yeah. once oh, the yeah. internet existed, people were having sex it was, on the internet. Yeah, that's like, true. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. That's fair. Well, by November of 2004, as HRDC prepared to bring charges against Melissa, Melissa met up with Alex Strategos, an internet friend whom she had met on America. Here we go, AmericanSingles.com. Okay, so that's like okay. Match or whatever, E Germany. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so americansingles.com. I wonder if this was just for slices of cheese. <laughs> Listen, and if that's the case, I need to Some s- get an American account. American Craft Singles, baby. Absolutely. Yes, you need you need that. You need to pay that 9.99 for, for those... that extra delivery service. Wait a minute, a cheese delivery service? I'm in. No, I, I, I... Hello, sharks. Hel- Every time I have an idea, I yeah. always tell Nadine. I'm always like, Hello, hi, sharks. sharks. Yeah. I have an idea. <laughs> like, instead of, like, what is it, Stitch Fix or, like, um... Or even like a food service, like instead just just cheese. That's the name yeah. of it. Just we cheese. We don't need blue apron. We need just cheese. Yeah, just, cheese. just cheese. Anyway, we'll we'll side table that for now. Um, Absolutely. Alex was seventy three years old, divorced, and suffered from diabetes. On the evening of November 5th, 2004, Melissa and Alex met for the first time to have dinner together. The same night, the two decided that Melissa should move into Alex's house, which she did that same evening. And I think, you know, I'm thinking about the elder abuse part of this, right? Because these these yeah. people are 70-some years old. They're very likely lonely. Like, this guy was divorced and had diabetes. He's he's probably not in the best of health, probably insecure. And here comes this woman like, hey, I'll move in and keep you company. It's It's hard to say no to that in a way. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'd like to think that, like, it's tough because my parents are 70. And so it's like, okay, this person, Alex, is three years older than my parents. I think my parents would be wary of someone being like, oh, I'm just going to move in with you. Of like, course. I'd like to think that, but it's about vulnerability, it is. too. It's about, like, the position where you are in life. And clearly she's right. trying to get people that are easily manipulatable. Well, and you just put that so perfectly. I agree. Well, later in the evening, Alex was brought to the hospital after falling down and hitting his head. Wow, what a, what a coincidence here. Over the next two months, Alex was brought to the hospital eight separate times. I mean, again, he's 73 years old. On December 28th, 2004, less than two months after meeting Melissa, Alex signed over power of attorney to her during one of his many hospital visits. This isn't looking good. Yeah, we know where this is yeah. going. In January of 2005, Alex's son looked at his father's medical report and noticed the presence of several unprescribed drugs, including benzodiazepine. He also realized there was roughly $18,000 missing oh. from his father's bank account. This is why it's very important to have children that are aware of For sure. Oh my God, yeah. On January 6th, 2005, Melissa was arrested and charged with exploiting the elderly and for theft as well as forgery. Authorities wow. claimed that Melissa had coerced Alex to give her power of attorney and used her new role to drain his bank account. Authorities also found some ice cream containers in Melissa and Alex's home. And when tested, it, deter- it was determined <sighs> that Melissa had been spiking the ice cream with lorazepam. Oh, my God. I mean, in February of 2005, Melissa was charged with defrauding the Canadian government through social security fraud. And according to the investigation, she took over $30,000 between July of 97 and October of 03. Hmm. So in six years, she essentially was stealing, you know, five grand a year, which doesn't feel like a lot, which it isn't a lot necessarily, but that's how people do over it. Over time, like, I'm just yeah. going to steal a dollar a day, yeah. you know, and then it adds yeah. up. So in March of 2005, Melissa pled guilty to seven charges, including Alex's murder, three counts of grand theft, two counts of forgery, and two counts of using a forged document. So she's pleading guilty to these things. So that says something to me. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. It's just... But here's here's the thing. She's only sentenced to five five years years in jail jail. for all of this stuff. And I guess she serves that in Canada after being deported from the U.S., but like... Canada just much have such different sentencing laws, laws in the United yeah. States. I mean, 
even for murder, that feels very, very light. I agree with you. Considering this isn't the first time. Right. Right. She's That's a good a point. repeat offender. Of all of those in charges, that- actually, yeah. Right. In 2009, Melissa, now 74 years old, was released from prison and moved into a senior living building, promising to stay, try and stay out of trouble. Oh, okay. And three years later, now 77, she marries a man named Fred Weeks. Now, three years later is only 10 years ago from current times. So this is, we're catching up to modern times, essentially. Well, in September of 2012, after the pair had only been married for a few weeks, Fred got sick while staying at a bed and breakfast with Melissa. Fred was brought to a near... I mean, is anyone seeing this unfold? Fred was brought to a nearby hospital, and the nurses caring for him noticed he had been injected with something and notified the police. See, this is such a difference between, like, generations as well as when you're born. Because even even in 2012 or 2010, like... People were looking people up online before they went Good on a point. date with them to like verify oh, their yeah. Twitter or their Facebook or their whatever. Like you'd at least look up the name to see if oh, they have yeah. any criminal charges. Like she's not even using a false name. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. It's very weird. She's not covering her tracks the way you would expect somebody who's done this no. so often. And she doesn't need to because she keeps, <laughs> well, getting, that's true. She keeps getting away with it. And also you wonder at this point, she's 77, you wonder... You know, is she just kind of like, I'll get away with whatever's left of my time, essentially? I don't know. I guess. Well, Melissa was detained by authorities and searched on her, uh, I don't, sorry. I don't... And on her person, they, I guess they found all that stuff. Yeah. Found, police found 144 lorazepam pills, several, oh my God, I'm going to butcher this, termazepans. Yeah, I don't know what that means. And several empty bottles. Investigators also found prescriptions from five different doctors. It sounds like she was up to her same old tricks. The day after Fred yeah. was released from the hospitals, uh, from the hospital, authorities charged Melissa with administering a noxious substance. Shortly thereafter, the Canadian government ruled that the marriage was invalid as Melissa had provided false information on the marriage certificate. Wow. Melissa was initially charged with Fred's attempted murder, but pled guilty instead to a lesser charge of administering a noxious thing. Again, this is sounds like Canada. Yes. And yeah. failing to provide the necessities of life. Very Canadian. These are not, I've never heard of these types of charges before, but listen, this is Canada. Never. Melissa was sent to prison for three years before being granted parole in March of 2016. I just don't get this. I'm super surprised. I wonder if it's because of her age. Something or is what? up here. The parole board granted Melissa her freedom in spite of their doubts that she would ever change her behavior significantly enough to be safe around. She demonstrated that she, quote, fabricated stories to deflect blame and was, quote, likely to commit an offense causing death or serious harm to another person, end quote. That said, the board believed that Melissa only posed a risk to her future spouses, not the general public in general, and so she was allowed to go free. Now, listen. I don't, wow. Parole board, listen to me for a second. Um, this is insane. You can't be doing things like this. If someone has literally murdered people in the past, I, I, I just don't understand how they think anything like that could, could be re- rehabilitated, no. given her behavior after. Right. Exactly. Well, guys, Melissa is now in her 80s and living in Nova Scotia. She never saw significant jail time for her numerous crimes. She currently has roughly two dozen restrictions placed on her to keep the public safe. 
Uh, here are a couple of those. Melissa must report any relationship that she has to the police so they can inform her partner of her legal background. Or Google it. Or Google it, yeah. Or Google it. Uh, she's not allowed to use the internet or her own on her own or any device capable of accessing the internet. I have a watch that can access the access the internet. Is yeah. that does that count? Uh, she of course may not possess any illegal or non prescription drugs. Uh, glad that's a thing. And she must notify authorities if she plans to change her appearance. I mean, those all seem good, but I, why would they trust her to do any of that stuff? That's what doesn't make any sense. It's just that, like these are just multiple crimes, multiple things happening all at once. It just is like, it, and it's like, do they I treat do it. they treat other murderers this way? Are they like, okay, you can't change your appearance, or we're gonna be upset with you? Like, why did she get this? I want to say, I would even say this is special treatment, you know. So I don't know. I wonder. If, I wonder if a male would get the same thing. Mm. I'm curious to see if this is a gender bias thing, yeah. or a sex bias thing. If like a man had known to like kill multiple wives right. and stuff like that, or poison them. No, it's a good question. I'm just curious to see if that would have changed. Maybe it wouldn't have, and maybe that's just a legal statute. I don't know enough about Canadian law. But right. It seems like she really got away with murder. Oh my god, definitely did. What a wild story. So that's the de- those are the details. I'm very curious, Darren, what you just said. I almost want to look up other. Canadian uh, crimes Absolutely. and how they've been able to or any any listeners in Canada let yeah, us let know us if know. you've heard of this or you know because I'm I'm fascinated by it should we end on some yeah. uh, listener shout outs baby absolutely take Let's, the first one? I'll take the first one I just wanted to say thank you to our friends Deborah and Nicole and our Facebook group for sharing um, the nude pickleball league photo yep. apparently nude pickleball is a thing and apparently it's on the rise no pun intended. I feel like I know what's used as the pickle and what's used <laughs> as the ball. Am I right, people? Oh, boy. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Um, okay. But I just... That's what you did when you were at that strip club. That's job. right. I was, was like... Oh. Yourself. Oh. 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 Um, I'll just say this. I want to make a statement in case anyone is wondering. By the way, thank you to those two. That you're now the president of the league? No. But thank you to those two who have linked me. I want to say several other friends have sent me this exact photo. And I'm like, everyone needs to relax. But I want to say... That I will not be joining this league. I would not want to uh, make everybody upset by seeing me. Is it is it co-ed? I don't know. Are you trying to say we should go play? I'm just saying. Darren's in, interested. Watch. Darren's <laughs> spec. <it's a laughs> like, do they have bleachers? Yeah. yeah, it's a spectator well, maybe, sport. I will buy a wait ticket. Wait a minute. Now you're on to something here. Well, what if we went to a nude strip club like I did, but it was just pickleball? Would you then be interested? I mean, again, again, pickleball is what the new name of strip clubs should be called. <laughs> when I say I'm going to play pickleball, you know I'm actually going to. Yeah, okay. Now I know. Well, quick shout out to our friend <laughs> Sam in the Facebook group who I mentioned up top. Sam ordered her I'm a sussy radish hoodie just in time for Australian winter and posted a really cute pic Such of her wearing a cute it. Pic. You look so good. It looks so cozy. Uh, Ms. Rose also posted her murder shows are my happy place t-shirt. MZ Rose, Ms. Ms. Rose, Rose, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, and you all look fucking fantastic in them, let me just say. They do. And of course, if you want your own t-shirt or hoodie, pillow, notebook, tote, whatever you want, click the link in our... uh, Pickleball! (laughs) Click the link to our merch store in our show notes of this episode and make sure to tag us on social media whenever you've received it. We'll give you a shout out. I've been really interested in knowing what people think of the material, you know? Like, I want to know what people are... If they like the fit, if they like the color. So 
give us all that feedback. We can change it. Ar- yeah, we can we change can it up. Change it around for you guys. Yeah. This is this is your show just as much as it's ours. For sure. And the best way you can support the show directly by signing up to become a Patreon subscriber. You should do that. Become uh, a get Bonus episodes, discount codes, ep- codes for merch, so much more for as little as $5 a month. You can even get cheaper if you sign up annually. Of course, uh, if you can't do that, rate, review, subscribe. It always really helps us kind of get seen at the top of the list and helps us get some visibility. So Hell yeah. we really appreciate it. Otherwise, we're just going to poison you all with benzodiazepines. <laughs> apparently, and get away with it. I think that's the way to do yeah. it. We're going to Canada. We're going to live our lives, apparently, after that. Yeah. I'm moving to Canada, but before we poison everyone, <laughs> we should have a good thank you to our, our lovely researcher. We should. Uh, so, John, on one, two, three. Thanks, Megan. Oh, 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 I can't confirm or deny. Allegedly. 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 We'll have to find out. Allegedly. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We're so happy to be back. We're back on our regular schedule. We'll be putting some more get, stuff up on Patreon, etc. And pay attention to next week's NMR where we really talk about John's Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Experience. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.